Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God for Thank God for a time like this. I don't take it lightly at all to be given this opportunity. Uncle Bijou, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I'm so, so grateful. It is not easy to stand behind the pulpit. There's some, there, there's some, there, there's some gift here. When you, when you stand behind it, you understand. So if I'm standing here, I don't take the opportunity lightly. I'm so grateful to all the facilitators for your prayers because I can't do this alone. I'm so grateful to my husband for giving me the opportunity to be able to develop what God has given me. Some are more gifted than I am, but they don't have this opportunity because their husbands have not allowed them. And to my children, for always understanding when mommy says, I'm going to church, I'm going to church, I'm going to church, I thank them. And for all of you sitting down and this morning, when you heard that it's me, you didn't walk out. I am so grateful. <laughs> it is a good thing to stand before great people like you. I don't take you lightly because some of you here will be the next president of Ghana. Some of you are going to be the ministers. Some of you are going to be ministers of the word. So you, the vessels sitting in front of me are rich and they are deposited with the richness of God. Let us pray this morning. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. There is nothing that we can do that you have not given us from above. I stand here this morning and just as Moses said, Lord, touch my mouth. My Lord, I am a vessel. Just speak through me. Whatever it is that you want your children to hear, my Lord, as I stand here, I know that you know what is about to be said. And I pray for the heart that will receive them, that there will be heart that will multiply them. There will be heart that will take the words into consideration. There will be heart that will meditate on it, that the word will be fruitful in their life. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Last week, Uncle Bijou gave us some assignments. How many of us were not here last week? Media team, please, can you project the questions for us? We are talking about growth and discipleship. And last week, Uncle Bijou gave us some assignments. How many of us were able to do it? Wow, that's good. That's good. So the five stages of our Christian growth. The first stage is the first stage is the worldly stage. And we are supposed to give 10 characteristics of somebody who is in that stage. And we are looking at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When you read that verse, you will know the characteristics of someone who is living without Christ. And then the second stage is the stage of the new birth. And that one, we are also to write 10 characteristics of someone living with Christ. And the same Ephesians chapter 2. And then the third question is, Someone who is established in Christ. We are talking about growth. And we are also looking to give five characteristics of an established, someone who says I'm an established Christian. And then the fourth one is someone who is matured in Christ. And you are looking at Ephesians chapter 4. And you are supposed to write five characteristics. And then the last one is multiplication. Once you are established, once you are matured, 
you are supposed to multiply. That means you are supposed to disciple other people. So you are supposed to write a half page of what it means as a matured Christian to multiply what God has given to you. And so those of us who were not here last week, can we please take these questions, note them, because we are going to write a quiz on it. When it will come, we all don't know. The headmaster anointing, if it comes and before the close of today, we can even write it, so be prepared. This morning, I'm here to chat with you. And last week, you was preaching and something just cropped up. If I ask you, do you know Jesus? What will be your answer? Do you know Jesus? Are you really, really sure you know Jesus? I'm not getting you. I'm not getting you. We are chatting. Do you know Jesus? Yes. The answer is just from here. What about those of us here? Yes. Are you sure you know Jesus or you know about Jesus? Which of the two? You know about Jesus. Let me see those who know about Jesus by hand. Let me see those who know Jesus by hand. Okay. This morning, I'm here for us to chat. And my question to you this morning is, is Christ in you? Is Christ in you? By the time we finish, if Christ is in you, you will know. Your friends will know. People around you will know. It's not just saying that I know Jesus. Most of us here are saved, but the issue is we don't know Christ. Someone will be asking, what's Auntie Gina saying? Yes, you know about Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. Turn with me with your Bible to Ephesians chapter 3. We are reading from verse 1 to 7. And this morning, someone will help me to read the Bible. So let me see your Bible open, and I'll come down to you, and you'll help me to read. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. I like the way you are laughing, so just help me out. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ, for the sake of you Gentiles, pray to God. Surely you have heard that God is in his grace, has given me this work to do for you. God revealed his secret plan and made it known to me. I have written briefly about this, and if you read what I have written, you can learn about my understanding of, of the secret of Christ. In the past times, human beings were not told this secret, but God has revealed it now by the spirit of his holiness, holy, holy apostles and prophets. The secret is that by means of the gospel, the Gentiles have a part with the Jews in God's blessings. They are members of the same body and share in the promise that God made through Christ Jesus. I was made a servant of the gospel by God's special grace, which he gave me through the working of his power. Thank you very much. And as we were reading, I want if the Bible belongs to you, underline the word revealed. 
the word reveal. This morning we are going to talk about that word. What does it mean to you as a Christian when we are talking about a word being revealed to you? That's why I asked the question, do you know Christ or you know about Christ? Do you know Christ or you know? He said, because of this, Paul just drew our attention that the mystery of the word was known, made known to him by a revelation. So that means the word of God, as we read it, must be revealed to us for us to get a deeper understanding of the word. If you know Christ, that means you have a revelation of who Christ is. But if you know about Christ, that means you've read about him in the Bible. There's a difference in the two. Knowing who he is and about him. People will tell you about Christ, but nobody can be able to tell you who Christ is. You need to experience that. And that is what this morning we are going to talk about. We are looking at the word revelation, apocalypse. And during the study, an unveiling or unfolding of things that previously not known. So that means the word of God is there. So when you know about Christ, he is there. But when you have a revelation, he now gives you an understanding deeper than what you have read. Paul said, this mystery was revealed to me. So that means the word of God was there. But then Paul needed a deeper understanding of who Christ is. And Christ has to reveal it unto him. The word has to be unfolded. There has to be a discovery of what was already there. This morning, you have a revelation of who Christ is. That is why I asked the question, is Christ in you? Because what we have to know is, when it comes to revelation, it's a personal affair. Oh yes, we have sometimes, as a corporate institution, we have revelations. But when it comes to you knowing God, it is a personal affair. If you don't get that personal relationship, you only know about Christ, but you don't know Christ. We have, when you, depend on which Bible you are reading, you have different words that will be substituted with revelation, like discover, you have appearing, coming to light, and laying bare. So definitely, the moment you have a revelation of God, there is a new understanding, there is a new thinking. You can't do things the way you used to do when you have a revelation of God. We are talking about spiritual growth and discipleship. And before we can grow, if we don't have this revelation, most of us are struggling to grow because we have not have this revelation. And that is the struggle. Until you have this revelation, the struggle will still continue. It's Christ in you. Do you know Christ or you know about Christ? Let that question keep lingering as we go on. 
Kenneth Copeland says something. He said, revelation knowledge is the born again spirit being. Having revelation from the Holy Spirit himself, from the word of God. So if the, if, if the word of God needs to be revealed to you, Kenneth Copeland is saying that you need to have that revelation from the Holy Spirit. If you don't, your parents, it gets to a point where your parents are always saying, no matter how they love you, cannot write your final exams for you. And that is the same thing when it comes to Christ. Your parents cannot know Christ for you. You need to know Christ for yourself. And that is what he means by a personal what, revelation. You yourself knowing God by the Holy Spirit revealing it to you through the word of God. It is easy to know about God, but it is not easy to know him. Because when you know him, he plays some demands on your life, which you must do. So most of us prefer to know about him, because then we are not accountable for knowing him. And it is sad. But that is what is going on in the Christian community. We are quick to know about Christ, but we are not quick to know Christ for ourselves. This morning, have you have that personal revelation of the word of God by the Holy Spirit yourself? I am not talking about when people stand here and they tell you about Christ. No. I am not standing here to tell you that and when I did this and Christ did this. No. I am asking you of your personal revelation of who Christ is in your life. We are struggling to study the word of God because we don't know who Christ is in our life. Christ is not in you. You know about him. You have read the Bible stories. They have told you about King David. You know those ones, but you don't know Christ because you have not allowed him to reveal himself to you through the word. It is easy. One preacher, David Jeremiah, said that we're all in the choir. It's so nice. If your voice is not that good, nobody knows because we all sing together. If I raise up a song and we are all singing together, who will come and say who, who sang best? But when it comes to you solo, you are leading. That is where you know whether you have a good voice or not. And that is the relationship that God wants to have with you. He does not want the mass choir thing. No. He needs that personal, you being a solo, singing to him. Then he hearing the voice. So if you are off the keys, you say, Charlie, 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 come back, come back. But most of us are happy to hide behind the crowd and sing and shout and scream. While the choir is singing, if they are off key, if you don't know music, do you know they are off key? No. It's only the choir master who can say to you, you are off key, you are off key. But most of us will not know. This walk with God is a solo walk. He's looking for you because he knows sometimes when you are singing, you, people who, who have even matured in their ministry, sometimes they go off, don't they? If they were in the crowd, how would God be able to 
pull them back. But because of the personal relationship, when you are going off, he will be able to tell you, you are going off key. Come back. So this morning, if we are talking about revelation, we are talking about your personal experience of who Christ is to you. And mind you, it's different. Some of us are waiting that we hear people talking about, oh, and Christ did this, and I, and I prayed, and he answered this way. So we have created a box for Christ to reveal himself to us. God doesn't work that way. My experience of who it is is totally different from your experience of who it is. So bear in mind, and you can't do copycats when it comes to God revealing himself to you. There is no copycat. He decides how he reveals himself to you. So don't have an expectation. And when he's revealing himself to you, because you are looking at that, you are refusing to see when he's talking. Don't place God in a box when it comes to his revelation of who he is. Sometimes we forget our purpose as Christians on this earth. Me and you, we do. We are human. We do. But our major and number one purpose on this earth is not to build those big, big houses. It's not to ride in the best cars. It's not to go to the best schools. They are good for Christ's sake. But there is a purpose why we are on this earth. And that purpose is for us to be disciples. If as a Christian, you are not, and that is not your number one priority, you have lost it here on earth. And look, the enemy has a way of trying to shift our attention for why we are here. And most of us are missing it. We are chasing after the schools, chasing after the good things in life, but we have refused to chase after Christ. All because we have not allowed ourselves to be found by Christ. So the worldly things are more important to us. Some of us get crushed when we don't get our schools that we want to go to. But how many of us, if you're not able to do your quiet time, get crushed? How many of us, if God drops something into your spirit and you're not able to steady it, get crushed? Our number one priority is to be disciples. So get that at the back of your mind, that whatever you are doing on this earth, if the aim is not to be a disciple, you've missed it. It is good for you to have the ace, yes. But one thing you bear at the mind that on that day when we get to that gate, one thing that makes me so happy is God is not going to ask me, Gina, which school did you go to? How many certificates did you have? That I've said, oh, I went to this school, I went to this school. They are not of relevance to God. The only thing he's looking out for is that the purpose that I created you, did you fulfill that purpose on this earth? And mind you, there is no second chance with that one. It's not like writing the BEC or when, if you don't pass, you still have to reseat. When you get there, 
is, is final. There is no coming back. There is no second opportunity. So your mandate and my mandate, the two of us here, is to be a disciple. Sometimes we don't understand. I was looking at the meaning of disciple in the dictionary. And then it gave me these two words that caught my attention. One who accepts, which we have all done here. We have all accepted Christ this morning. We are all happy Christ is in our life. But the other aspect of discipleship, where we are struggling, is to assist. And that is where we are struggling. Yes, when they say, how many of us have received Christ? We all raise our hands. We have received Christ. We have accepted him into our life. But this morning, the other aspect of discipleship of assisting in spreading the gospel, me and you, we are all found wanting. If we should mark ourselves, this one is between me and you. You mark yourself, I mark myself. How many people are you discipled with your life? You. How many people look up to you? How many people do you talk to? When we talk about evangelism, sometimes we think it's like a uniform. You have to get up, wear a dress, and write at the back of your shirt that uh, uh, I'm, I'm going for him. No. Every second of your life is a time for you to evangelize to somebody. In the classroom, you have the opportunity. When you are working every second of your life, everybody that comes into your life, you have the responsibility of discipling that person. Are we doing that? Our responsibility. In Mark 16, 15, they said we should go out there and preach the gospel. One thing we have to know that Christ did as, 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 as a continuity. Christ is not here with us, but he came to do his part. And he expects me and you to continue this work. And most of us are the reason why the kingdom is not advancing. Because we are not doing our part. Some of us are still waiting for Christ to come down and do the work himself. Forgetting that when you accept him, the other part of assisting must be done by you, by me. You can quickly, when they ask you to teach them mass, quick. That one you can stand two hours on your feet. You are teaching your class mass. You are teaching them English. But what about the word of God? Do you use the word of God? I always tell myself, look, God gave you the wisdom for a reason. That when they chase after what you have, you use the word of God first before you teach them. So by the time you finish, you have discipled them and you have given them what they need. But we are quick to give them what they need, forgetting about the word of God. Everywhere you find yourself, let people know. For them to get through you, they have to get to the word of God. They must hear something. Let them know that, as for this lady, if you want to talk to her, you will not finish talking with her that she will not talk about Christ. But most of us in our schools, when we are saying that join a department, you won't. But most of us dance in our schools. When it's school activity, we, we as for that one, our parents will allow us to go. But when you say join a department here, you say, oh, your parents will not allow you to come for church workers' meeting. It's Christ in you. Do you have Christ in you? Do you know Christ or you know about him? 
we want to be, we want to be disciples. Most of us are in word. Oh, I'm a believer. In word. But in action, we are not. Why are we talking about this issue of discipleship? Why are we talking about this issue of growth? William Evans said something. He said, man will see his duty. Oh, but he will still neglect it. That is why you see us always talking about growth. At least once we said it once, we should stop. But he's saying that, look, man knows that he has to do this. But he won't do it. Sometimes with my children, you will see that there's something that is blocking the road, the way. They will see it, but they will find a means to bypass it. And then when they go, then I'll call them and say, so didn't you see that thing there? Before he will come back and pick it. And that is how some of us are. We know what we have to do. We have seen it, but that this our friend, we need to talk to him about Christ. But no, we will not. Until someone prompts us before we do. That is why we keep talking about grow. That is why we keep talking about discipleship. Because he said, it is not enough that man sees the truth. They must be made to feel the truth. Until you feel the truth, sometimes you are not able to share with others. Most of us have seen Christ, haven't we? We know who Christ is. But have we felt who Christ is? That is what we are talking about, Christ being revealed to you. How many of us have felt Christ? The question is, we we'll ask ourselves, how can Christ be revealed to me? Some of us are asking ourselves, ah, this experience that Paul had on his way to Damascus, how can Christ be revealed to me? Do I need to have that same experience like Paul when the light will come and then it will shine in my face, then I'll be blind, I won't see, that means Christ is revealed to me. Is that how Christ is going to be revealed to me? The question is, the word is the light for Christ to reveal himself to you. If you want Christ to be revealed to you, the word is the light. There are so many ways that Christ revealed himself to us. Through the study of the word, meditating, studying the word, he will reveal himself to you. Sometimes through dreams and vision, Christ revealed himself to you. Joseph had who Christ wanted him to be when he was young, through his dreams. Some of us, through experience, Moses saw who Christ God was when he revealed himself to him through the burning bush. So he knew who was talking to him. So there was no dispute that it was God who was talking to him. Some of us, through prayer, we have Christ revealed himself to us. So if you're asking me, how can Christ reveal himself to you? Those are some of the ways. Sometimes through sermons, when they had the Holy Ghost visit them, and the people got up and said, ah, these people, they are drunk. This early morning, they are speaking in these strange tongues. Peter stood up and he said, no. It is too early for even those who sell their drinks to even open. But it is, it is the Holy Ghost that is at work in us this morning. And that is how Christ was revealed to those people at that time. So there are various means that Christ revealed himself. And Uncle Bijou asked a question some time ago, that at which point in the service does Christ talk to you? 
And most of us were saying, oh, when is time for ministration? When is time for the word? But then he said, once the service starts, Christ is ready to reveal himself to you. It can be through the time they are leading prayer. It can be through the time they are doing the announcement. It can be through the time the praise and worship is ministering. It can be through the time the word is being shared. So once we start the service, Christ is ready to reveal himself to you. So I always say, don't let us box him. My main issue that I want us to talk about this morning is, if you say Christ is in you, then there are some things that we have to know. The, as the assignments that Uncle Biju gave to us, the thin characteristics of the new birth. The new birth is Christ is in me. What are the things that I need to do for one to see me and know that Christ is in this person? Whoever says that I have encountered Christ in my life, the first thing we see is that person's mind is renewed. You have a renewal of your mind. Paul, in Acts chapter 8, was the chief executor. He was ready and was the one in charge of Stephen's clothes when he was being killed. But when we look at the story of Paul and when he had the encounter, when Christ said, why are you persecuting me? When Paul got up and got to where he was instructed to go and when Ananias came to pray for him, the mindset of Paul changed. He changed from a persecutor to now an advocate of Christ. So if you say you have encountered Christ, then we are expecting that you have a renewal of your mind. As the word of God says in Romans 12, that do not conform your mind, but what? Have it renewed. Because once Christ has come into your life, we, I, you, we are expecting ourselves that we will not think the old way that we think. But now whatever we think will be based on what Christ wants us to do on this earth. If Christ is in you, you have a change of focus. Your focus has changed. Paul at that time was looking to, to kill people. But then when he encountered Christ on the road, now he has a change focus. Now he's ready to preach to people to bring them into the kingdom. You, have, you, have, you say you are saved. You have accepted Christ into your life. Have you have a change of focus? What are the things that you're not thinking of to do? When you can spend all the time partying, when you can spend all the time gossiping, when you can spend all the time doing all the things that the Bible says you shouldn't do, now that you have accepted Christ, has your focus changed? What do you focus on? What do you set your mind on? When you wake up in the morning, is your mind set on Christ and seeing how you can bring people to the kingdom or is still your focus on worldly things? If you say Christ is in you, what is your focus? Just as you have focus to pass the, 
wasi so that you get admission to the university. If you don't get it, if you don't pass wasi, what happened? Your focus doesn't change. That is why you go and reset again. But when you accept Christ and you use to gratify the things of the flesh, the next thing is, what do you now set your focus on? Do you move from one area of your life to a different place where people can see a change in your life? Has your focus changed with the new birth? Or you are still the same old person? You become a minister of God. Once you accept Christ, you can't just keep quiet. The issue of the woman, the, woman, the Samaritan woman and Christ... Who was Christ? At that time, she had heard about Christ. All she knew was what they have told her. But when she had that encounter with Christ that day at the well, quickly she forgot what she was coming to do, and she ran into the village to tell people about Christ. He said what? Come and see. Come and hear. The moment you have the new birth, your life should change. You become a minister of God. And when we say do evangelism, most of you say, oh, me, I'm not a pastor. Me, I'm not a this. But as long as you have accepted Christ, that is enough for you to talk about Christ. You can't because you have not received a revelation of who he is. That woman received Christ that day, and she was not selfish like most of us are. We have received Christ and we have kept Christ to ourselves. But she ran to the village and told people, come and see what I have seen. Come and partake in the joy that I have. This man, I don't know from anywhere, but he's able to tell me what I have done some years ago. She was ready to share what she has. You say you have Christ in you. Are you sharing Christ with others? Are you talking to others about Christ? What about your life will make people know that you have Christ in you? Do you know Christ or you know about Christ? Your faith increases. Most of us sometimes struggle. We always think that like when we were young and babies, when whatever we want that our parents are not ready to give us, the moment we cry, for us not to disturb, they give it to us. But when you come to Christ, it's not like that. Christ does not give you everything that you want. If not me and you, I'm sure we will not be sitting here. Christ will not give you everything. No, 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 no. Because there are some of the gifts, when he gives it to you right now, you, you will not last. Oh, yes. You will not last. So he needs to make sure that he has taken you through the rudiment where you will wait on him, where you will call him, where you will have that personal relationship with him that when the challenges come, you will be able to hold on. Who told you that Paul's life was not without a challenge? Who told you that the life of the apostles was an easy one that any time they call, God answers? Like Elijah will be crying. That a woman will threaten his life and he will be running. Somebody who will call fire. What are you talking about? You're, if you say you have encountered Christ, then you, have, you need to have faith. Most of you, we don't have faith, but we will say we have Christ. We are behaving as if that Christ is like, look, whatever it is he has, he can give it to you. He's not limited in giving you what you are asking him. No, he's not. But his prior 
concern is, will it build you up or it will destroy you? If what you are asking him will not build you up, he will not give it to you, irrespective of the emotions you attach to it. So some of us, we think when we cry and cry and cry and cry, God will hear. Oh, if crying was to be the thing to answer, then, then I'm sure all of us could have had our prayers answered. How many of us have not cried before? Oh, in our room, we can, we can pray and cry. But when we come out, the thing that we are still asking is still there. Once Christ is revealed in you, your faith is elevated. When the eunuch was reading whatever he was reading, he, he didn't understand. But when Philip went there, revealed what he was reading, instantly he understood and he said, what prevents me from getting baptized? That is someone who has had a new birth in Christ. His faith got to the level. You have Christ in you. It's your faith at that level where you can wait on God for years for things that you have asked him. It's your faith to that level. If you say you have the new birth in you, if you say you have accepted Christ, do you have the faith to tarry with God that when he says in his own time, he does everything beautiful. Uncle Bijou understands that phrase so much, and the whole of last week has been his phrase. In his own time, he does all things beautiful. Do you have the faith? You say you have Christ in you. Do you have that faith to tarry with him? Boldness. Some of us cannot talk about Christ. But once you have the new birth, once you have accepted Christ, these are the things we are looking out for, that you will stand for the word of God. When people are cheating, you'll be bold and say, I don't know the answer, but I won't copy. I'm prepared to fail because I didn't stay. I don't know it. I won't copy. Are you that bold? Are you that bold? You don't know the answer. The question by your friend has given open his answer booklet. It's just a matter of time. The evangelator is not asking you any question. He's even saying, oh, you can go ahead. But are you bold when you know Christ to say that I don't know, I won't copy? How many of us are bold to stand for the word of God? Oh, yes. Your friends are doing things you know is not right. But because you want to flow with them, you are not bold to tell them that this relationship that you guys are doing is not right. So for me, I will not do it. But because you want them to see that you are also hard, you are also current, you are also relevant in the wrong things, you also want to say, Charlie, when the guy comes and he says, oh, Charlie, do you know you are so beautiful? And then you start behaving as if, you know how... Uh, uh, share butter melts when he sees the sun. Then you start melting. You start melting. Then you tell your friends, I always have a crush when I see this boy. Something within me just keep melting. Something within me. Are you bold to say no? The Bible says that my body is a temple of God. So I will not allow my body to be entangled in worldly things. For me, for Christ, I will stand for the word. It doesn't matter what it is. Are you bold? Are you bold? When Christ is revealed in you, you have boldness. Oh, you can stand. 
When people are doing the wrong thing, you can pinpoint and tell them, minus me. Oh, yes. In my office, we have, we applied for a car loan. And one of my colleagues, he, he, he just amuses me. When he is coming, he knows the answer, but he will still come. And then he said, Charlie, this loan, he hears that if we go and do something, the loan will directly be sent to our account. So as for him, he's going, you know, by you, Gina, I know you. You will say you don't give bribe. I said, yes, I won't. Because why should I give bribe for a loan that I will pay? It doesn't make sense to me. But how many of us will not do it? Oh, let me just give the guy some hundred, some two hundred, and then he'll give me. I tell him that if God, if it is mine, I'll get it by prayer. I'll get it by prayer. So why should I go and give somebody money to give me what is mine that I can get by prayer? Are you bold to stand in the face of your parents and tell them when they are pushing you to do the things that is against the word of God and say, mommy, this is what the word of God says. I respect you, but because of what the word of God says, what you are telling me to do, I can't do it. Are you bold? Are you bold? Are you sure of your message? Are you sure of what you are saying? Paul did not need people to come and tell him who he is. And when he says he's doing this, you cannot come and tell him not to do it. Because of what? Because of the revelation he had of Christ. He doesn't need you to come and tell him, Paul, go here, Paul. No, 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 no. Even when he's going and they tell him that when you go, they bound you, he said, I'll go. Because he's sure of who has revealed himself to him and the mandate that has been given to him. You're not sure of your word. The moment you started talking about your, to your friends about Christ and they ask you one question, you yourself, you're not sure, you're stuck. And then you stop. You see, what revelation does to you is, it's always a constant reminder of who Christ is to you. So when people want to attack you, it comes back to you. It's an experience. And how many of us here forget experiences? How many of us forget experiences? It quickly comes to you, irrespective of where you are. So Paul dwells on that experience and he's so sure of his word when he's telling you that I am no more the soul you know, but now I am Paul and this is my mandate. He's very sure. And irrespective of what is ahead of him, he's ready to go. Are you sure of your word? Are you sure of what you are telling your friends about Christ? Is Christ revealed to you? And the most important thing is you don't fear death. I love the guy, Stephen. You are going to kill me. And that was the time for him to stand and narrate. Narrate from Abraham to Christ. In the face of death. And it's not that he didn't die. Me and you, like by this time, away bus. What is this Jesus that I am going to die for? But Stephen was bold even to the point of death to still hold on to Christ because what? He said, I have seen that the heavens have opened. And he knows what he was talking about. He could have said, okay, you forget it. This Christ that I say I know, I don't know. I only know about him. And they could have left him even to the point of death. 
he was still holding on to Christ. As Christ revealed to you, how well do you know Christ? And Paul said, if I live, I live for Christ. That is the ultimate of Christ revealing himself to you. Galatians 2.20. He said, if I live, the life that I live, I live for Christ. So if Christ is revealed to you and you don't live for Christ, then Christ is not revealed. Then you don't know Christ. You only know about him. Are you living your life for Christ? In everything that you do, are you living for Christ? That is my question to you this morning. Are you living for Christ? Because the essence of him revealing himself to you is for you to live your life for him. So if you say, I have, I have the new birth of Christ, and you are not living for Christ, this morning, think about it again. As Christ revealed to you, and compare your life to how you are living, and you be your own judge, whether you are living for Christ or you are living for yourself. This morning, for you to grow in Christ, for you to be able to disciple other people, you need Christ to reveal himself to you. The reason why most of us are struggling to talk to other people about Christ is because we've not had that personal encounter, that personal revelation, that personal relationship with Christ. As Christ revealed to you, are you living your life for Christ? Is Christ the reason why you are sitting here today? Or your mom and dad just said, it's a Sunday and we are going to church. And for that matter, you don't have any reason and you have to dress and follow them. Are you sitting here because Christ has revealed who he is in your life? Are you sitting here because you've heard about Christ and you want to come? The good thing about Christ is he's still in the business of revealing himself to us each and every day. This morning, we'll spend a little time in prayer and say, God, I want to know you more. 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 If Christ is in you, you allow Christ to be everything in your life. Everything you do is centered on Christ. Are you living for Christ? Everything you are doing is Christ the ultimate aim. Uncle Bishu said, live life with the end in mind. What is the end of your life? Why are you here? Why are you sitting here? Is Christ revealed to you? Are you living your life? For Christ. Can we be on our feet as we enter into a short time of prayer? Say, God, I want to know you for myself. I want to have that personal revelation of who you are. Refine my heart. My heart's desire is to know you. I want to be holy unto you this morning. Lord, I want to be able to have that boldness in talking about you. Lord, I want my faith to increase in you. Lord, this morning I have come to you that my Lord and my master, I'll be able to walk boldly and talk about you. I need 
to have a personal revelation of you. Lord, I don't want to ride on the revelation of other people. This morning, I'm saying that God, reveal yourself to me. Lord, reveal yourself to me. Lord, reveal yourself to me. The things that I have done, uh, where my thoughts have been evil, that I've not been able to allow you uh, to come into my life. This morning, oh Lord, I surrender myself unto you. Uh, and this morning, I am praying for that encounter to have that relationship with you. Lord, I am calling you into my life. Lord, I am asking that you come and live with me. I don't want my life to be lived the way that I want it. This morning, Lord, I want to choose the things that you, God, has chosen for me, that I will fulfill my purpose on this earth, oh Lord. Lord, you said if I accept you, I have to assist in spreading the gospel. And this morning, oh Lord, I can do this when I have a personal revelation of who you are in my life. Lord, when they say Christ in me, the hope of glory, Lord, if I don't know who you are in me, how can I know of that glory? This morning, I lift up my voice and I say, God, I need you. I need a personal revelation of you, oh Lord. I need you, I need you, I need you. I need you every hour. I need you in my life. Oh Lord, I cannot do it on my own. Without you, it is impossible because many are the hurdles ahead of me. Many are the trials and the temptations Lord, the only thing that will hold me uh, to be able to do this work and do it well uh, is your personal revelation. My Lord and my Master, Father Lord, who you are in my life. Uh, this morning I am praying that, Lord, I want to encounter you. Uh, Lord, I want to encounter you that my life will not be the same. Uh, Lord, I want to encounter you that, Lord, when I step out, uh, I step out with boldness. Uh, Lekebo Lord, reveal yourself to us, O Lord. Lord, reveal yourself to us, O Lord. It is your revelation that sustains us in this ministry. Lord, it is your revelation that sustains us. Uh, this morning we have come to you, and Lord, we are saying that, Lord, uh, we want to reveal yourself to us the more. Uh, each and every day of our life, we want to have that encounter uh, of who you are. As we read the word, uh, Paul said, this mystery was revealed to me. Uh, Lord, we want the mystery of your word to be revealed to us each and every day of our life. Uh, Lord, reveal yourself to us in the name of Jesus. This morning, Lord, we are praying that, Lord, uh, Reveal the mystery of your word to us. Uh, reveal it to us each and every day of our life. Uh, that will carry this mantle. Uh, will carry this ministry. Uh, will carry the gospel uh, as we have ordained and said to us. Uh, that we should go and preach the gospel. Lord, we cannot do it out of our strength. Uh, we are asking that, Lord, uh, reveal yourself to us, O oh Lord. Uh, where we are weak, Lord, reveal yourself. Uh, where we are strong, Lord, reveal yourself. Uh, well, thank you, my Lord and my Master. Father, Lord, for we know that you are truthful to your word and your grace is sufficient for us in this ministry. We thank you in the name of our Lord Jesus. We pray with thanksgiving. Amen.